0: Powerful word of God can change lives heal broken hearts save man's soul here's our prayer Lord Jesus today speak to me in Jesus name amen lacey it's good to see you I saw you through the through the crowd how are you feeling rocky mountain rocky mountain spotted fever is that what right? man I've only heard of it I've never met anybody that had it And you probably don't want to have it ever again. (laughs) So, praise the Lord. So, we've got to keep you out of the woods. I don't care what Rodney says, don't go in the woods with it.
1: Ah, there you
0: go. Unfortunately, that's true. But so glad you're better and uh, able to get here today. Amen. God is good. All the time. We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-6, through 6. so in those Bibles you held up, turn there and hang on to it for that time. We're not going to read them all at once, but we're going to break them down, so uh, stay with me on that. Everything that could go wrong, went wrong. Will Smith's character in the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, experienced that. He invested his money into buying and selling bone density scanners. One of his $250 scanners was stolen by a hippie and another one by a lunatic. And the lack of income took its toll then on Will Smith and his family. His wife was frustrated and she left him on account of the chaotic life that he began to live. That included collecting unnecessary parking tickets, which he was arrested for. At about that same time, he also bumped into a kind man who paved the way for him to have an opportunity to be a broker, only if he could beat 19 others for the job as an intern or in an internship. And so the supervisor of the internship used him for an office boy and even the CEO stiffed him for some taxi money in an emergency. A series of unfortunate events left him and his five-year-old son homeless, When he sold all his scanners, the IRS impounded his money for unpaid taxes. He was thrown out of his apartment. They began to sleep in the train station overnight, in the restroom one night, until they ran out of money. Every day before 5 p.m., he and his son would line up at a shelter that would only take in a limited number of people each day and He'd sometimes miss the cut. But when he finally recovered his last scanner from that crazy man, it it did not work. So he had to donate blood to get the money to replace a default part. Through hard work and determination, he succeeded beyond his dreams and was made a broker. At night in the shelter, he diligently studied for his broker exam. And when when he could not convince a big client to give him a chance, he worked hard. On other clients. But the best scene of the whole movie. Was when he was in a chapel service in the shelter. And he listened to the inspiring song that this choir sang. And here's the words to the song. Lord don't move that mountain. Give me the strength to climb it. Please don't move that stumbling block. But Lord, but lead me Lord around it. You ever been mad at God for something that went wrong? A crisis in the world, a crisis in your family, a crisis at your job. George, George Barna is a Christian uh, survey person, takes surveys for Christians. And he conducted a national survey, took a cross-section of adults and asked them this question. If you could ask God only one question and you knew He would give you an answer, what would you ask with the number one answer? by those responding was, why is there pain and suffering in this world? How many of you have ever asked that same question? I have. I've raised my hand. I've wondered why. Augustine put it this way, if there is no God, why is there so much good? And if there is a God, why is there so much evil? That question could be asked today. What part does suffering play in our lives? How does one outlive the tragedies and outlast the tragedies of pain and sometimes loss? How can suffering possibly become a friend instead of an enemy? i want to give you three ways. Number one, you've got to be positive, not pessimistic. You've got to be positive, not pessimistic. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our, what? Troubles. Troubles. In the 1980's, Dr. Salvatore Matti, a professor of psychology at the University of California, Irvine, wrote a book, entitled The Resilience at Work. He followed hundreds of employees at Illinois Bell when his parent company, at and was facing federal deregulation. More than 10,000 people eventually lost their jobs. And according to Dr. Matty, there were suicides, depressions, anxiety disorders, divorces, heart attacks, strokes, all the things that could be attributed to massive stress But while about two-thirds of the workers in his sample unraveled, the other third thrived. They survived the incident with their health intact and hung on to their jobs or moved on to another company where they quickly climbed up the ranks. And when the researchers went back and reviewed their first set of interviews, they found that many of these people who had made it through this had, had grown up in stressful family backgrounds. Constant moving, parents getting divorced, but they were more likely to describe change as inevitable. Some of the people who cracked had initially taken a job with Bell rather than IBM because they believed it was safe and didn't want any disruption in their life. Now, I'm not advocating have your families fall apart so you can get better or be stronger. That's not necessarily the case. It's interesting in this study. But Christians do not merely have light at the end of the tunnel... Because we've got light inside and outside the tunnel. (laughs) It's not just at the end. It's all around us. There's nothing more encouraging and enduring than to know that the God of our Father and God the Father is, is, is one of compassion and a God of comfort, according to verse 3. Compassion refers to His nature. Comfort to His action. You see, you learn that by learning it from your parents. Who is compassion in your family? Mothers are compassionate. Who is comforting in your family? Well, moms a lot, but that's where you'll find that Thunderstorm rises up. Oh my, oh my, oh my. We all cling on to Dad because he's supposed to be a strong one, right? And when he's over there in the corner shaking like this, you know, you're shaking with him, right? No. I learned early on that when a tornado comes, you're supposed to not go into a shelter. You're supposed to go out in the front yard and watch it. <clears throat> I grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas. Why we went outside and watched for it to come, I still to this day don't know. But when one of the weather guys comes on and says, we have a tornado in the Jinx area, I go right outside and start looking for it. And guess where my sons go now when the tornado comes to their area? They go right out in the front yard and start looking for it. <clears throat> Bad example. Bad example. <laughs> Compassion. Comfort. Those are powerful words, aren't they? Powerful words. You and I have a God that feels both, practices both, exercises both in our lives. When turmoil arises, <laughs> He brings comfort. When we screw up and really mess up, and we come to Him in prayer seeking forgiveness and reconciliation. He brings compassion. Oh, wow. I'm so glad I've got a God like that, aren't you? In the Old Testament, the equivalent for the word compassion and mercy was shown time and time again. Choose of a father's compassion... On His children in Psalm 103. A mother's compassion on, her, on the child that she has born in Isaiah 49. The object of God's compassion in the Bible are His servants in Deuteronomy 32. All that He's made, all of His creation in Psalm 145. His compassion toward Jacob in Isaiah 14. His afflicted ones in Isaiah 49. You see, God knows the fear, the fight, and the fire that's within us. He knows it. And responds to it. And the key word in our Second Corinthians passage is the word comfort. Meeting troubles does not mean God is condemning us. In other words, if we have troubles, it's not because God's condemning us. He's comforting us in our troubles. He doesn't chastise or criticize us, but He calms and consoles us when we are troubled of spirit. One of the greatest things that you can receive and I can receive is the encouragement of a fellow believer. Amen? If I'm struggling, I get somebody to put their arm around me and go, you know, preacher, it's going to be okay. Oh, I like that. Don't you like that? Oh, I like it. I like it. In fact, the noun for trouble occurs six times in five verses from verses 3 through 7. Once in each verse, but twice in verse 6. That's amazing. The Greek meaning for comfort is parakaleo, which means come alongside. Call alongside. So when you are struggling, call God to your side. Call Him. That's describing the Holy Spirit, by the way. The Holy Spirit comes to our side and stands with us and stands for us and stands under us and through us and by us and for us. He's with us. Amen. How? He'll stand with you. He cares about us. God loves us. Barnabas is called the son of encouragement. <laughs> Why? Because every time he saw you, he had something good to say. He was an encourager. I mean, as soon as you see somebody who's not an encourager, you don't really want to spend time with them, do you? As soon as you see them, what do they say? Oh, you again? Glad to see you. <laughs> you just feel so warm and loved. Amen? Or, do you, or when that person says, "Whoa, hey man, I haven't seen you since yesterday. But I'm so glad to see you today." I don't know where I found this phrase, but people will say, "How you doing?" I'll say, "Man, I'm better now that I've seen you," and I sincerely mean that. I am better because I've run into you. But a dear friend of mine, Bob Allen, used to always say, "I've never had it so good." See, that's, that's how God does with us. Comfort includes answering kindly in 1 Corinthians 4, urging in Romans 12, encouraging in 1 Corinthians 14, imploring in 2 Corinthians 5, appealing in 2 Corinthians 10, pleading in 2 Corinthians 12, exhorting in 1 Timothy 5. Same word. God's comfort applies in most in the most extreme. Situations. The Greek word for tribulation is philipsis. It's not mere trouble, but it's great tribulation like we read about in Revelation. Especially Revelation chapter 7. We're going to have great tribulation, we're told. We're going to go through a lot, we're told. So when it comes, don't fall apart. Just He's been warning us. He's been warning us that we're going to be made fun of. He's been warning us that we're going to be laughed at. He's been warning us that we're going to die for Him. I'll wait for you to say amen. Because it's going to happen. Get ready. Get ready. The world is going to turn against the things of God. They already are doing it. There's going to be a great shaking in this country. A shaking like we've never seen before. My prayer is that it leads to revival. Amen. We thought 9-11 was going to do that. Yeah, it did for a little bit. But this next one's going to be <laughs> the Mac Daddy shake. I'm ready. Come on. Come on. I met with my financial advisor a few weeks ago. She was trying to let us know how much we are going to be able to retire on. She looked at me and she said, well, I think Cindy can retire before you. <laughs> I said, tell me something I don't know. She said, well, it looks like you're just going to have to work till you die. I said, tell me something I don't know. So what if the stock market crashes tomorrow? And we had that one day, you know, a thousand points. People were going bananas. (laughs) Just relax. Take a deep breath. Because God is greater than the stock market in New York. God is greater than ISIS in the Middle East. God is greater... Than anybody who occupies the White House in this country. <laughs> Whoever we get, oh Lord have mercy. Unless Jesus himself gets in there. And they'd try to buy him off too, wouldn't they? <laughs> Tribulation. You've got to be positive, not pessimistic. Secondly, you've got to be purposeful. And not powerless. Look at verses four and five. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort of our we ourselves have received from who? From God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort does what? Overflows. What's it mean to overflow? Ever had the toilet get stopped up and overflow? Not a fun trip. We're scrambling. We're looking for plunger, 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 plunger. Where'd it go? Honey, where'd you put the plunger? <laughs> Man, we're doing anything we can to get that toilet to not overflow. Now when we're we're eating watermelon, we want watermelon to overflow. There's certain overflowings that are good. Like watermelon. Come on. Root beer float, come on. Catfish. Come on, fried taters. Come on, Brussels sprouts, not so much. Butter brick of ice cream. Come on, you, you got me. You know what I'm talking about. That overflowing's a good thing. Guess what? God's love will overflow. God's grace overflows. His power overflows, and it, and we're told here His comfort overflows. Store owner was tacking up a sign above his door that read "Puppies for sale." Little boy saw the sign, comes in and asked how much the puppies were. The owner of the store said, "Oh, anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars." Little boy reached in his pocket and pulled out some change. He said, "I have two dollars and thirty-seven cents. Can I please look at them?" So the store owner smiled and whistled and toward the kennel and. Out came Lady, and out behind Lady, coming down the aisle, were five little balls of fur. And one puppy was lagging considerably behind. Immediately the little boy noticed that one. So what's wrong with that little dog? And the store owner explained that the veterinarian had examined the little puppy and discovered that it didn't have a hip socket, so it was always going to limp. It would always be lame. And the little boy became excited. He said, well, that's the puppy I want. That's the puppy I want. And the store owner said, no, 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 you don't want to buy that little dog. If you really want him, I'll just give him to you. The little boy got upset. He said, he looked straight at the store owner and he pointed his finger and said, I don't want you to give anything to me. That little dog is worth every bit as much as all the other dogs. I'll pay full price. I have $2.37 now and I'll give you 50 cents a month until I paid paid him in full. The store owner said, "You really don't want to buy that little dog. He's never going to be able to run and jump and play with you like the other puppies." <clears throat> the little boy reached down, and rolled up his pant leg and revealed a very badly twisted crippled leg supported by a big old metal brace. He looked at the store owner and he said, Well, I don't run so well myself. And that little puppy will need somebody who understands. How I many I mean, I mean, bad legs you got? You got a God that understands when you're crippled, you got a God that understands when you're hurting. What is life's heaviest burden? And a man who's very lonely answered and said, to have nothing to carry. Troubles are not suffered in vain. With God's help and comfort, we can transform the experience from the trouble to comfort and help others in need. Troubles are the means to embitter us or empower us. <clears throat> to sour us, or to strengthen us, to doom us, or to direct us. People don't grow if they're perfect, passive, or pessimistic. Christ is our example. He became a man and suffered the worst imaginable trouble or tribulation in history. But his sufferings, are though shocking, and also were victorious. Besides troubles, Jesus experienced sufferings. In verse 5, that word is pathima, from which we get the word pathos or passion. Pathos is a quality that arouses emotions such as pity and sorrow. Suffering itself is never glorious. Anything but glorious, but out of it can come glory. Out of it can come glory. When we participate in the sufferings of Christ, we will be overjoyed, according to 1 Peter 4. And when we share in the glory to be revealed in 1 Peter 5, he tells us that we'll be partakers and witnesses of his sufferings. So you've got to be positive, not pessimistic. Secondly, you've got to be purposeful, not powerless. And number three, lastly, you've got to be patient and not panicky. Verse 6. 2 Corinthians one six. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience and endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. One of the toughest stories I've read in a while is the story of Reverend Silas Chan who graduated with a Ph.D. in 1987. And his testimony... Go something like this. Forty years ago, I graduated from Taiwan Seminary. Forty years ago, disabled people in Taiwan were called handicapped for life. And since the age of 19, due to a spinal cord injury, I have been handicapped, depending on a wheelchair for mobility, unable to find a job in most societies. Graduating from seminary, due to my church's difficulty, I was forced to find a job in an organization. Graduation is unemployment. How bitter. I had a small tutoring class which I had closed upon being called and attending seminary. And there's no road for me to travel. But the seminary professors showed love. Seeing my situation, they arranged for me to be a secretary at the seminary. But since they already had one, I became... The associate secretary to the secretary, which means what the secretary couldn't finish or whenever I was needed, work was handed to me. At that time, the seminary professors lived rather far away, and when the typhoons and heavy rains arrived, they would ask me to step in to teach. After a few sessions, the student's response was okay, so the school decided to send me to the United States for further studies where I obtained teacher's credentials. And now looking back, the 40 years of heartbreak history was part of God's process and plan all along. Patience perfects Christian character. Patient endurance, we're told in verse six. You can't have pressure, you can't have endurance without pressure. Patience and persistence go hand in hand. But by persevering, according to James chapter one, the man of God may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. In James chapter 5 in the New Testament word for persevering is synonymous with Job who was overwhelmed in life He understood eventually that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy but he had to learn to trust him I've Got a video I want you to watch and then we'll finish Jesus yeah.
1: I just don't trust you. You don't trust me? No. I mean, I want to trust you. I just don't. <laughs> I have an exercise that I think will really help you. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. Mm-hmm. Now, do you trust me? Uh, no. I just said I don't trust you. Right, well, this is all part of the exercise. Oh, all right? right okay. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. <laughs> so, do you trust me? <laughs> yes, Jesus. I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. (laughs) You can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well, Jesus, I trust you. (laughs) Yes, I do trust you. I'm going to fall back. Okay. (laughs) That's great. Let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted, all right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay, I'm going to do it. All right. I'm really going to do it. <laughs> okay. Good. Ah! Oh, Jesus, you really caught me. Yeah! I didn't think you were going to get me, but you did. Oh, that was That's great. Just, that was great. You're ready for level two. Level two. Here yes. I come, baby. Woo! Oh. Whoa. <laughs> okay, hold it. Oh, you know what? You're too close. You need to move back. Ah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one's a little bit different, though. Oh, okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Oh, forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. Yes, the okay. Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. That's awesome! It is awesome! (laughs) Especially when you do it. Uh, Seriously? Of course! Okay, Jesus, I don't know if you notice this, but there is nobody over there! I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way? It is that way! You can do this, Laura. Just trust Uh, me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that! We can do it together! I can't! You can! I won't.
0: Heavenly Father, I thank You for days that we trust. But most days, You ask us to look You straight in the eye and trust You. And as we look at You, it's easy to be able to trust. We're not feeling well. go to the doctor and they run a barrage of tests something abnormal comes back and they leave us in our anxiety for days before they give us the final report our husband or our wife comes home and they're Behavior is is a lot different than it usually is. We don't know why. We're even afraid to ask. Our children say they're leaving for the night to go out with some friends. We don't know if they're coming back or not. And we get a call from the police. There's been an accident. We show up at work. We've been working hard. We've been, we've been doing what we've been asked to do. The boss calls us in to a private meeting. and it doesn't go very well. God, we're so much like that girl in that video. It's really easy to trust you when we're looking at you. But even when we're looking at you and you ask us to have faith to fall backwards, we hesitate. And not only hesitate, we refuse. Because we're so bound up in, right now. So bound up in being in control and in charge. And yet, God, all the scenarios that I just mentioned are so totally out of our control. So when pain and suffering and tribulation and trial come. Are we going to stand and trust? Are we going to let you help us through the experiences of life? Experience has to be earned and learned. Are we willing to be prepared for troubles? Or do we just merely wish to be protected from troubles? Do you have perspective and poise in our life when pressure mounts? Have we thanked you for learning survival skills through our suffering? We can all count times when you have saved us. When you have provided for us. Will we trust you? Will we trust you? In Jesus' name. Amen.